In the motion picture industry, the star vehicle is a tale as old as time, a way to take a bankable star and rake the public for some extra cashola before they move on to a newer make and model. We know referring to human actors as objects isn't great, but we do love a solid star vehicle. When was the last time you said no to an Angelina Jolie movie? Um, never. Do we care about plot and solid writing? Nope. Not when Julia Roberts graces our screen. So, we're watching movies the way your mom watches them. We are asking a lot of questions we'll never have the answers to, but we're keeping our eyes peeled for the stars. Movie critics, we are not. But that won't stop us from preserving this sacred art form. Join us each week as we recap, reframe, and sometimes rewrite your favorite star vehicle. Hey, Steven, what's up? What's up? Yeah, the sweetest thing. <laughs> the whole time I was watching this movie, I kept thinking to myself, what is the sweetest thing I've ever eaten? Oh, that's a good start. That let, hi, hi, folks at home. Hi, viewers. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Sean, Steven here. Let's, let's go there. What's the sweetest thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> I Well, I really struggled to think because I couldn't... Re- I guess that I like I, I I do like desserts for for sure, but I I I can't think of anything that stands out in my mind as the sweetest thing I've ever eaten. Oh my god! I mean, I feel like uh, me probably like after. Okay, so I know you've done this because you're crazy like me. Like after like a sugar cleanse, eating like an Oreo is really oh. intense. You ever just like kind of go off a of sugar and then go back on it? It's and like, you get that you get that little pain in the back of your mouth. Yeah, like, that pain Oop. in the back of your jaw, and you're like, "Wow, I never need to eat sugar again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get and then acclim- weeks later, <laughs> you get you get acclimated I'm to deep a in an apple pie. <laughs> I feel nothing. I feel fucking nothing. Yeah, you really do acclimate. Yeah, you're right though. It's only when you take a break from sugar that yeah, when you re- hit, hit that it <laughs> that it hits you. You get that hit, rush. Hit. Should I rush? Re- yeah. <laughs> I thought, like, growing up, I used to always think that, like, the idea of a sugar rush was, like, was was real junk science. Like, when they would be, like, when they would be, like, it's oh, you can't, have, you can't have candy at school. You're going to be crazy. I'm, like, look around. Everyone is crazy 24-7. I know. I don't think you're a Kit Kat, right. I don't think a Kit Kat is going to throw us <laughs> off the equilibrium. I never understood that either. They would always be like moms with their like little sons and they, it's always a boy, sorry, like a hyperactive little boy. And they're like, oh my God, no, Kenneth can't have sugar <laughs> at this party. Sugar. And He's I'm just go like, nuts. Kenny is already off his fucking rocker. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like, I named this be, little boy Kenny. <laughs> to, to live in a world where a miniature candy bar could throw you into a state of peril is 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 crazy that's no world that i want to be in i refuse to play in that i refuse to play on that field play in that sandbox no i don't want that either but i was thinking about that the whole time i was watching this movie because thing the sweetest thing i've ever eaten and i couldn't i really couldn't land on any specific memory and Mm. even when i was thinking about like the language like sweetest thing I was, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want that. I don't want the sweetest thing. No, you don't. I want something sweet. (laughs) 
It's so funny that your mind went here. I was just like, what the fuck is this title have to do with anything? What is the sweetest thing? Love? Is that what they meant? I don't, yeah, I don't think that the movie arrives at at what the sweetest, well, I, I do, I have an idea of what they think, what the girls think the sweetest thing is. But Ladies. it seemed it seemed more like a easy way to rope in songs that had the word sweet in it because <laughs> because oh, there are there maybe. are there, there are like four songs that they cut to where the singer says the word sweet in the lyrics that- and that seems to be the only reason that the song was selected for the the soundtrack. You have like as solid as a bet of, of any theory that that's true. That's how off the chain this movie is. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was thinking about <laughs> is that, okay, maybe my struggle to think of of the a memory thing. with the sweetest thing I've ever eaten and also sort of being repulsed by the idea of the sweetest thing in the world. That's sort of the same emotions that I had with watching the movie, which was that like... <laughs> Maybe this, maybe this movie is this, maybe this movie is the sweetest thing, and that's why I feel so uncomfortable because it's too much. <laughs> too much. I'm sweet. Kenny. I'm Kenny in the classroom now, and I'm out of control with this movie. I'm infinitely embarrassed by that like example I just gave, but yeah. it's okay. We're among Kenny's, friends. Kenny just threw his headphones across the room. Kenny's like, "What the Who, fuck, man?" I thought that was. I, I don't even know it was safe. Kenny's. Not anymore. Do we have any housekeeping up top before we read the synopsis? Like, I feel like we had some apologies, um, something to acknowledge. Uh, viewers at home, I did have COVID. I feel like I don't know if we spoke about this last time. Get tested, you know. Yeah, last, I think last that, Friday I think or last Saturday, time I told, it was. I told you you had a sinus infection. Yeah, you were like, no, I think you have a summer cold. And I was like, I don't know. I'm waiting on a second test. Just if you have cold symptoms, stay in, get a test, get a test five days later, and don't trust rapid tests. They're liars. And yeah, so that was, it was COVID. So I just kind of want to get that on the table. I also want to say in last week's episode, I told you that my cousin rides his Peloton without shoes. (laughs) (laughs) And he has an apology. He's issued a formal apology that it's pretty impossible. It, it's impossible. It's so dangerous. It's like running over hot coals. It's so like, the, it's like if you if you if you, you slow have to down, click in. if you slow down, you're gonna get burned. Yeah, he's issued a formal apology. He said that the Peloton he rode was at like a public. It was like in a public place. Um, yeah, and that, makes, that, that they sense. had replaced the pedals with the shoe slots for right. the general public, the GP. Right. Yeah. And um, so when he got his bike and found out that he couldn't ride it without the special shoes, mm-hmm. he was like, uh-oh, I've made a grave error. I have to say sorry to right. Chanel and Steven because we did talk about it on air. Yeah, so. you did air his dirty laundry. I but did. I, it's kind I of think a thing. <laughs> I'm not yet. I'm not going to share a Peloton story because the movie of Takes the Takes care week, of it actually begins with a spin scene yes and i was very excited i was like you're gonna love the opening that was when i was still optimistic about this movie i was like oh my god steven you're gonna die and i was still two seconds in yeah (laughs) on the full disclosure full disclosure i picked the movie full disclosure yes and i picked it because number one i've never seen it and then i knew chanel had never seen it and number two 
the title sounded fun. Little did I know what Little I was did we know. what I was getting into. <laughs> and the cast looks so good. So I thought this is perfect. And then number I don't know what number I'm on the list, but number f- number four, Three or four is that the movie was released in 2002, which, mm-hmm. as you know, is is sort of our sweet spot for for movies. So I thought, ah, oh, what a perfect what a perfect compliment to some of the archival work we've been doing is turn our attention to another hit from 2002. And I agreed with you. I was like, wow, this said, movie. Okay. <laughs> I said, sure. Sure. This movie is like that. So the title. The, Actually, um, you said, which one of these is available on Netflix for free? And <laughs> for I said, free. I said the sweetest thing. And you said, okay, let's do that one. The sweetest thing is that picture on Netflix that they constantly cycle through different posters <gasps> to see which one is going to get you for the day. Do you know what I okay. mean? Okay, you it's know that you, it's that, but it's also okay. You know when you're on your interface for Netflix and you scroll down, it's like movies featuring a strong female lead, movies featuring a romance. It's always on the scroll list. Always, you always, you always move past it. You, you always, always move skip past it. <laughs> I thought it was like a sweet, like early two thousands number that was gonna come across kind of like um, a sentimental, like. Um, rom-commy romp and you're and they always cycle through the posters oh sometimes it's like the three of them yeah um so cameron diaz christina applegate and selma blair and they're like all three of them looking cute in like you know in like a three shot then sometimes it's cameron diaz holding like a big red book do you know what i'm talking about that's right yeah i'm looking at the posters now and each time i pass i fan past it i'm like wow you know, I should probably give that a try. And I never I, do until I think, now. I think that my resistance to it in the past was that I always thought that based on the advertising that Netflix did for the movie, it's not a Netflix movie, but based on the way that they visually represented it, it looked like like a Crossroads type movie. Like, yeah, yes, it looked that's like great. three friends who go through an experience and then come out on the other side. Which honestly is what the movie is about, but it takes <laughs> it takes a very harrowing route to get there. <laughs> it's a winding road. <laughs> the first thing, okay, it it takes place in two thousand and two. It doesn't take well, maybe it does. It was released in two thousand and two. I don't know. I don't know it what taken place wor- earlier. I don't know what world it takes place in, but we'll get to that. But this is this might be the first one that we've done that is rated R. Oh, this I is hadn't a rate about that. Chanel, this has to be rated R. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know. I just hadn't thought that this was no, you're of right. the movies we've covered that this one was the only rated R one. I mean, it makes infinite sense. I don't now. know that. I don't know that to be a fact, but I would say this: that if I if I was ranking them, this one should be rated the most the most restrictive. <laughs> what would give you that impression? That's weird. <laughs> Here's what gave me that impression, which was that as I was watching the movie, I felt like Aunt Lydia in The Handmaid's Tale. I was, <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, this is not okay. And I was so uncomfortable watching this. I've never felt more like, oh, more buttoned up in my life than when I watched The Sweetest Thing. <laughs> I watched it with my sister and I mean she's a full grown adult now but I, I had that like secondhand embarrassment cringe factor where I was like should oh. we be 
watching this together. Like, I felt like my parents were going to come in the room at any second and be like, what the fuck is this? And these moments are not small. Like, there are full drawn out sequences of truly disgusting humor (laughs) where I was like so nervous. It's very, it's very crude. And if you're sitting down with your parents to watch the sweetest thing right now, and you maybe have one earbud in your ear, abort, 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 Turn abandon it ship. Off. <laughs> no, pretend like you got a text message and leave the room. Yeah. Be like, oh for... no, <laughs> I left something in the oven and get up now. It'll take get me up. an hour and a half. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back in one hour and 29 Nine minutes. minutes. <laughs> it's just shy under. Now what's funny is that, okay. The movie on Netflix is an hour and 29 minutes. And Isn't that's, there like an extended cut? Okay, that, keep is the ex- that is the extended cut. Shut because, up. Because as we will get into it, there is, oh, there is a song and dance number in the movie that was not included in the theatrical release. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but... Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely rated R, if not R+. It should be. It should be R plus. I want to add that. Um, okay, I'm. I think we're ready to dive in. So let me read our little um, production summary. Yeah, this so, was sourced. Yeah, I want to compliment you um, for taking the reins on this one. I have no idea what this movie's about, so I'm like very happy that you compiled this for us. It's about everything, and it's also about nothing. About nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> When it comes to dating, Christina Walters, Cameron Diaz, has a golden rule. Avoid searching for Mr. Right and focus on Mr. Right Now. That is until one night at a club when she unexpectedly meets Peter, played by Thomas Jane, only to see him suddenly disappear the next day. She and her friend Courtney, Christina Applegate, decide to break the rules and go on a road trip to find him, encountering wild and hilarious misadventures along the way. Um... Solid oh, and, work. And Selma Blair is in it. <laughs> oh, and Selma Blair's in it. Solid work. Um, I think that the only thing I want to add to that summary is that they think that they're going to um, Peter's brother's wedding. Right. There's so a that's big, like the only important information. There's a big twist. You're right. Plot twist. Yes. they meet, She meets Peter at the club and um, his weirdo brother, Jason Bateman, like is talking like they're he's getting married. So they're, yeah. they get on this road trip to... Jason Bateman's wedding. You're right. But that's There's it. Other than that, um, great job. I don't know where this was sourced from, but... But we're really getting ahead of ourselves in terms of... We are. The action of... The action. Of so, the sweetest thing. With the summary out of the way, let's um let's meet our characters, shall we? It's 2002, and we had our feet firmly planted on the East Coast, but this movie is going to take us take us west where it's a whole different world. This is a different 2002 than the one that we saw on the East Coast. Yeah. East Coast was a little buttoned up. West Coast? Mm-hmm. West fancy Coast. Fancy free. <laughs> fancy free. And it really does feel like another world. It feels like another world. The movie, okay, well, the movie opens with interviews from men mm-hmm. who like documentary are, who are telling us about a woman. Yes, and, Christina Walters. And the reviews, the reviews are not great. They've not had positive. some pretty bad experiences with this woman. <laughs> Christina Walters? Yeah, I heard about her. 
I don't know why I gave him a New York accent because like we are like you just said we are not in Kansas anymore. There was some fun humor in them. Like there was one guy who was giving a negative review of her as a human being, and in the background, inexplicably, was a woman trying to put reams of paper on a shelf but couldn't reach it <laughs> i don't know why that was happening i know wait were they at their like respective workplaces and then yeah. one guy was in a cycling class he's one like guy, do you know yeah i heard of her she's crazy another guy got a bloody nose as he was talking about how terrible of a woman i know cameron diaz is i was like wow she must be a terror wow yeah it was it was a str- here's what was weird about the move about the opening is that I guess that we never really saw how she like chews through men because not one, for one second, not for one second did the, we see that. The first guy that she meets in the movie, she instantly falls in love with and and like never lets him go. So the premise <laughs> that she was like this man eater was never really like followed through. It implodes on itself almost instantly. So it really just felt like a bunch of men saying not very sweet things about a woman. (laughs) I guess I just, not that I wanted to see her behave badly, but I guess I was just ready for more. Like if we would have gotten a montage scene of her like kind of like taking guys home and then like kicking them out in the morning. Then it would have there made we go. it would have made a little more sense when she met this guy and then she had all these feelings for him. But literally the first time she meets a guy in the movie, she <laughs> is in love. So yeah. I mean, it goes with I think I think this movie has premise issues. <laughs> not that I wanted the movie to be saying. longer, not that I need the movie to be longer, but it really needed another half hour because <laughs> I felt like there was a lot no, missing. It would have no. been, been sweeter if there was. I just needed a different movie. <laughs> okay. No, if they're going to paint her as like a man eater, brings men home, such a tease, leads them on, chews them up, spits them out. You're right. We needed to see that in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, we could have had another got, club scene. Yeah, what we got was not that at all. She's just like a little bit flirty. Yeah. And then. I, I feel like they were trying to make it so when she tries to set up Selma Blair with Peter and she's like, that guy was being a dick. And he's like, what? I'm a dick? It's like, that was them being like, look at her being so mean to guys. You're right. I guess in that five second scene, five we, were, seconds. we were supposed to connect the only two dots in the movie. Okay, got it. But, um, okay, so oh, after no. after after these men give their reviews... I, I almost threw up because there was a there was a over over the city's shot uh, aerial shot of San Francisco and I don't know if you caught this but when it zoomed in on her street the camera jerked so hard to the right that <laughs> I was I felt ill and got whiplash <laughs> I got I wrote that down I go ow I got whiplash because <laughs> because the camera work and. There's some things I that I couldn't couldn't ignore with the camera work. The camera work was very interesting. But when it cuts to the street, and this is kind of a repeated scene, and maybe we can unpack what's going on. A lot of the movie we see women struggling to walk uphill. That is a lot of the movie. <laughs> and we see And we already know Cameron has like a track record of like treating every day like it's her first day with legs. So this was tough. 
Right. So she's walking up the hills in San Francisco. And I know that this is this is a topographical reality of the area, but there are hills. And I would imagine she has to walk uphill at some point during her day. So I can't fault that. But she's she's added in some dancing. And she's dancing up the street. <laughs> and I'm telling you, her dancing in this movie was unlike anything I've ever seen before. The dancing was so... I'm more confused this week than I was last week with Night and Day. I, I, I guess it's like they're trying to be like, she's fun, right? I, they were saying that she's, she's fun, fun. She's fun. But like she's, dancing up those hills, like sweaty. You'd be sweating every day. Yeah. And she has her her like single headphone in. Um, oh, I did notice. I was like, as, wow. As she's working her way. But she really just looked like, she looked like a salmon flopping upstream. The way that she was making her way from the base of the hill to the top. Just kind of like flopping around. But I guess we were supposed to infer that it was quite sexy. Yeah. I just wrote hot, hot dancing. Hot, hot dancing. <laughs> Yeah, and then she phones um, her fr- BFF, Courtney. Courtney. And it's Christina Applegate. And Who Christina looks Applegate. amazing. Oh, yeah. She looks phenomenal. I don't love the hair tone, the color of her hair, but I think that they were like, there can only be one blonde, so someone has to be a little off blonde. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. I mean, Selma Blair had the black hair. She had brown ish yeah. something. It was brown ish. But there are two peas in a pod is like what we're supposed to get. Like Christina and Courtney are two BFFs. You know, they're yeah. like kind of approaching their late 20s. They're having a fancy free fun single time in San Fran, 2002, dancing up the hills and they connect. And I guess it's like Friday after work. I'm not really sure. Unclear. I didn't. Does Cameron Diaz have a job? I, I don't know. She mentioned getting some sort of account. She's like, we just got a sports something account. And I was like, cool. Okay. okay I couldn't job. land what her job was. If I she mean, ha- they have to because they have beautiful apartments. So the only one that made sense. Okay. So Christina Applegate is a lawyer. A lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, That makes sense. Sure. Selma Blair works at a clothing store. I, w- I was not. It was unclear. <laughs> unclear. <laughs> and then. She's like a consultant for like, I guess oh, it's a high end. Oh, okay. I couldn't understand if she just like worked the shelves. Well, then, it seemed like she worked the floor. Let's be honest. It She's like, like folding. She, it seemed like she worked the floor because. Yeah, okay, got it. And then Cameron Diaz, unclear. Unclear. I really Some have nothing to go Some sort of marketing of. account. They're well-dressed. They have beautiful apartments. So we're just supposed to be like, these are women these are empowered women with jobs. They have you know? they have cell phones, so yes. yes, they they. You're right. They are upwardly upwardly mobile women. Yep, mm-hmm. and they're kind of established because so Christina Applegate. They and have Cameron furniture. Diaz, they have furniture. Yeah, they link up, and they. I guess they go to Cameron Diaz's apartment. I'm not really sure whose apartment this is the whole time. I think it's Cameron's. I, okay. Yes. <laughs> great question because. Because her friend is just there. At certain points, at certain points, it seems like they all live there. At certain (laughs) points, it seems like just her and Selma Blair lives there. At Mm -hmm. certain points, it seems like it's only her and Christina Applegate. And then at certain points, it's just Cameron's apartment. Uh Uh-huh. So I was very confused over whose apartment this was. I think right now in this moment, you've probably articulated to me, maybe they're all roommates. Because they're all kind of like living in there, right? I... 
The only thing that made sense is that they were, okay, they for sure Selma Blair lives there because she sleeps with that guy. She sleeps in with a guy place. and they wake up there. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz for sure lives there. Mm-hmm. Christina Applegate, let's just assume she lives there. Yeah, I didn't. Where I else didn't, would she live? I know because <laughs> now, right now in this moment, I'm realizing that um, Christina Applegate spends a night with Leather Coat Guy, but that mm-hmm. could have just been at his place. So I thought she went back to her place, but no, I think they all. Live I think here. it's. Be- I think it's better if they live there. That's more. I think that's it's, sweeter. It's a lot sweeter. <laughs> it's a lot sweeter if the girls if the girls bunk together. <laughs> it's like perhaps the sweetest thing. It's the sweetest. It's the sweetest thing. Yeah, and then plus that actually takes away my confusion over what happens next, which is they like approach their shared apartment, I guess, and there's like some music going on in there. And she's like, oh my God, it's Jane. And I was like, why is Jane in your apartment? Like I was so confused. Like right, she just lets herself in. But now I realize it's probably Jane's apartment too. Yeah. And she lives, Jane, she lives there. She lives there, but on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Who okay, knows? I never it. saw more than one bedroom. We didn't get an apartment tour, which no. would have been helpful. Yeah, I agree. So they come, they approach the door and Christine Applegate's like, huh? And Cameron's like, oh my God, it's Jane. She loves this song. And they bust in and Jane is crying on the couch and because uh, she's been broken up with. She's been broken up with and she's eating some sweet desserts. She's sweet, having, sweet ice cream. <laughs> she's having some sweet, sweet ice cream and maybe a brownie. I can't remember. Some sort of baked good. She does talk with her mouth full, which she, is not the crudest thing that happens in this movie. She, she talks with her mouth. You're right. She talks with her mouth full, which, which, you know, was a shock. But as we not. will see, that was pretty tame. And it's to wet your palate for what's to come. I guess she was broken up with. And something that was, that was a minor thing. What was more interesting to me in the scene was that Selma Blair produces a sacred religious text, which is the Ten Commandments of Dating. Yeah, this (laughs) book. And this book, which one of the commandments was boundaries are the enemy. Imagine. But... There's so, I was, was so confused by this book. So confused because, okay, to have a dating book in a movie that is that that gives bad advice is is something that we've seen before. Like that's a normal trope. But, and again, the movie's only an hour and twenty nine minutes, so I can only assume that everything was chosen with meticulous care. <laughs> to have the book called. The Ten Commandments of Love. I'm like, okay, what are they telling us about religion? Because <laughs> it's like the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, because like they, like as soon as Selma Blair picks this book up, it's as if the other two women have seen the devil. They can't throw that book farther away. It's like it burns their hands to touch it. And I was like. Wow, I wonder I wonder what we're doing with Judeo-Christian values in this movie. We're not yeah. we're not embracing them. And that's really? when that's when my Aunt Lydia side came out. <laughs> you buttoned up real quick. I was like, uh-uh. Oh no. Oh, shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. I want to talk about this book from like a plot perspective. It's like in movies like this, you're clinging to absolutely any sort of anything, a trope, something we've seen before to just tell your brain don't worry. This is we've seen it all before. This is the kind of movie we're signing up for. 
So I'm like looking, looking, looking. My eyes are peeled and I'm like, what is this movie? We haven't really been hit with anything crude yet. And I see this book and I go, oh, great. Like they are going to treat this book as the Bible. You know, yeah. 10, 10 Love Commandments. This is going to be their Bible for the yeah. whole movie. It's like we kind of go through each one and see how it works. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or maybe at least bring it back. Um, maybe they read from it. Maybe Cameron Diaz realizes her player ways are a thing of the past and she needs to really like buckle down and study this book and we watch her implement the lessons right um yeah no no we we just touch this book they literally just touch it and it, we it see comes her reading back it for like 30 seconds at the end but for no purpose no purpose zero reason so my like alarm bells for ding 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 this might be an okay movie are going off i'm like wow we got a book i can't wait to work our way through it no false sense of security. We will never see this book again. No. She will read it twice. Just, <laughs> just, but we'll just get a shot of her reading it. That's it. Right, right. It, it confusing. Put, any sense of structure you hope to achieve by implementing a text was thrown mm-hmm. out the window. Nope, no Be- such thing. Because they throw it away and they say, well, "We're we're gonna go dancing." Let's go dancing, sweetie. Let's go dance, sweetie. Let's go, let's go dancing, sweetheart. Sweetheart. <laughs> and they take her out on the town and these are some real hot hot ladies because they get right in they cut the line oh they get right in and then that whole line of 100 people groans and then a bouncer yells shut up shut up (laughs) (laughs) it's Cameron Diaz you fucking assholes yeah they and they go into the club and yeah and um I don't know if you noticed. This is the most light I've ever seen on in a club in my life. It was very. It was very it's like daylight. It was very. It was very. <laughs> it was very well lit. The bar was lit. The it water. It is like a daylight the water, club. The water bed was lit. Oh, Ev- those water beds. So what dangerous. Were they filled with, like rubber duckies. I don't even know. I don't know. It reminded me of like you know when you go would would go to like a science museum and they would have like those squishy things like Oh, I love those that like fall out of your hands. Yeah. It looked like, like a tube. It looked like that consistency because I'm just thinking that if if women and maybe men, but mostly women are jump they they were jumping on the bed. They were jumping on them. <laughs> if like you, legit. If you put your heel through that, yep. you're going to have a soaking wet dance floor. Done. The club's over. Party's over, folks. That is not, that's not sweet. No, it's not sweet. And I didn't see a single sign saying keep your stiletto off this waterbed. Yeah, if if there was a bin for shoes. Made sense. That would have made sense. And maybe sharp jewelry, a little Mm -hmm. safe. Bedazzled jean pockets. And maybe an an attendant who is standing there to kind of say, okay, you're good. You're not good. You can get on the waterbed. But there wasn't any of that. Yeah, in terms of rewrites already, I want a bouncer standing by that bed saying, (laughs) hey, no jumping. No, like a like a like a lifeguard with a whistle. Yeah. No jumping on the waterbeds. Please. But if anything, the waterbed was the most normal thing in the Part club because because the behavior that I saw in this club was unlike anything I've seen before. Not human. Not human. At first, I thought Cameron Diaz was doing a bit. With her dancing, but then I realized that nope, no, no, that's how she danced on the street. So, mm-hmm. so this is her, and she, and she is living her truth. Yeah, her and Christina Applegate are living their truth. I think we're supposed to get that all eyes are on them. They're like the two hottest women in the club. They're the hottest girls there. They're like so, just like they don't care. They're so carefree. 
boys like look at them and send them drinks like that's the vibe they're going for and they were definitely going for Selma Blair Jane being like the undesirable which is rude when she's the brunette because I really internalized that as a child she Selma Blair was sitting in the corner and granted she was getting over a make up makeup getting over a breakup breakup yeah but like she looked like Samara from the ring her hair was like covering her face and she was just like looking down at the ground the whole time yeah and like the Mousy guy is the like, word that comes to mind and like the guy at the bar very clearly states that like the two drinks are for Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate not Selma Blair like mm-hmm. the, the two blondes the two yet. yeah not that one not the not the Samara from the ring girl. Not Samara. So. So yeah, they're trying to get Jane out there and she's like real upset. And then um, cue Peter. This is like the main, this is Peter for the movie. He walks past. <laughs> he's the main and squeeze. He's the main squeeze. The sweetest guy. And he I wish I would have, I wish I would have known that when he walked by. Me too. Cause he looks disgusting. <laughs> I just like was like, oh, this is when he, okay. When Peter appears on screen and Cameron Diaz doesn't ask for consent, but touches him inappropriately. Yeah. Gropes his ass. I really thought in my head, like, oh, this is this is the scene that we were promised in the beginning where Cameron Diaz is going to be her... She's going to be a player. Her they call sa- her a player. Her sour self, her not mm-hmm. sweet self, her sour self. And, and, like, go through this guy. But, like, she does violate him. And then... They strike up a conversation. Yeah. She squeezes his ass and she like pushes Jane into him and she's like, here, this is Jane. Um, go on off. And he's like, hey, Jane, sorry. Like, I have to go meet up with some friends or whatever. And then Selma Blair is like, oh, my God, he doesn't like me. And Cameron's like, that guy's such a dick. <laughs> and the like I said, this is not a club that has any human behavior. So it's very quiet in there. So he hears. He yeah, her. normally at a club like this, you would expect like to have conversations. It's where you have to lean in close mm-hmm. and like talk in, in someone's a lot of yelling. ear. Like, hi. But they were speaking normal. Normal volume. I couldn't even really hear the background music or anything. It was very just clear no. speech. And, and this was a club that also, and we'll see it later, a club that would also is not afraid to play a slow dance song. <laughs> nope. So you're right. It's not, it's not a loud club. Yeah. And um, so Peter's like, wait, what? Did you just call me a dick? And I guess I can only assume this is their meet cute. It, and now, it's a trash. now we know that. Now we know that. In the moment, <laughs> one of the I did worst meet cutes I've ever seen in cinematic history. His hair is terrible. I hate his hair. He looks. Peter. Sorry, Peter, if you're a fan. I know that's not his real name, but I don't even know who the actor is. <laughs> he looks old. Yeah, like too old for her. Too. That's what I'm saying. Too old for her. Yeah, and he's re- he's not even. He's like a couple years older, but still, it's just like P- this guy is who we picked, Peter. Or just maybe not even old, but just like, and I, I hate to use this language, but they're not on the same level. Like, No, not even close. Like not even close. Like, okay, the guy who sent them drinks from the bar was objectively hot. much more attractive than, mm-hmm. than Peter. Leather coat guy was hot. Yeah. I know. That was so confusing because you saw the movie, they could get it right. They, they had it right. They just chose not to. And by Peter. the way, and like this is something that, we've talked about with literally every movie we've done, but I, and I've said this same sentence before, but I believe it to be more true for this movie. This movie is okay. The, one of the only objective strengths of this movie is that the male characters serve 
no purpose, like at all in the movie. So like they could have they could have put anyone, any yeah. guy into the Peter role. Mm-hmm. Anyone in two thousand two who's hot. And this is who they found. And this is this is him. I know it's didn't, mind didn't blowing. Feel, didn't feel that okay. Peter to me didn't feel like the sweetest thing. Nope. 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 Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. He's not the Oreo after a, sh- a sugar detox. No. He's just a guy. Yeah, he didn't make my back molar go, ow. Ow. <laughs> He's just some random, and you're like... And then so they have this kind of like flirty conversation, him and Cameron, but it's really confusing because visually what we're getting is not what's supposed to be like the main squeeze of the movie. So it's really confusing, but... The camera kind of pans in close to Cameron's face, and we're like led to believe, like, oh, like she, a light know, bulb, think- a light bulb goes off. It's a light, it's a real light bulb moment. She's thinking about him. Yeah, and like he runs off, and you're just like, wow, okay, I guess that's like the event, like that's it, that's Peter. But man, oh man, yeah, and he, he does say which I think is correct. He's like, you literally just love to play games within meeting her for like 30 seconds. And she's like, I just thought the two of you could get, could have gotten it on. Mm-hmm. And what's so strange is that as they're having this very like antagonistic dialogue. Yes. We're also supposed to remember that they're in love. <laughs> As and then, like as we'll see, like she also like oh pushes God. him in, a, out of a door, and there's physical injuries. But like mm-hmm. after the, the bathroom, scene. at the same time, they're in love, which made it. I just, I just wish that when he first appeared on screen, I would have clocked that he was going to be in the movie the whole time. It, that's exactly right. Yes, you. That's the feeling. Because I was like, it was oh, like, shoot, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? That's what I felt like this whole scene. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I was like, did I miss something when you first came on screen? Yeah. As soon as I finished this movie, I texted you. I was like, I have to go back and rewatch it, or like at least rewatch the beginning because I'm like, is this movie as disjointed as I remember? And I had just finished it. Yeah. I was so confused. And you're right. It's like you look at this guy and you're like, oh, he's not going to be in this for the rest of the movie. He looks like one of the ones you just toss aside. And he's not. He's very much like the only lead for guys. Only because I, I really thought that after the scene leading into the club, the movie was building itself as, again, like I said earlier, like a crossroads type three girls kind of explore their relationship type movie. Yeah. So I don't think I, I was not ready for Cameron Diaz to find a man that at least that night. <laughs> yeah. It was all kinds of confusing. And um, so they, they spend the rest of the night very much talking about Peter and you're, you're right. You're kind of like, did I miss something? Um, they're in the bathroom. Um, at one point, Christina Applegate goes, you're getting all bajiggity. Oh, my about God. this guy. And I'm like, what the fuck is bajiggity? I've never heard that before. <laughs> but I like lean over to my sister. I'm like, bajiggity. And she's like, yeah, you know, like, like obsessed. I was like, what? Really? That's <laughs> what like, it means? That's what it means. And she's okay. Gen Z. Didn't know. I was like, what? But it made no sense. They go in the bathroom and they're still talking about Peter. And Christina Applegate lets a whole bunch of women feel her breasts, <laughs> her fake boobs. Correct. <laughs> that was a lot. It was a lot, and okay, the only way that I can allow that, or what, not allow, the only way that I can make sense of that scene is the only, like, a big trope in this movie is that we see men misinterpreting women 
like in the way that they behave behind closed doors. <laughs> so like it was funny on that end. Um, and I admit, I did laugh a lot during the scene. It was when the guys are like leaning in, looking into the bathroom and like all these girls are lining up, touching Christina Applegate's boobs. Yeah. And the guys are like, this is what women do in the bathroom <laughs> together. And I'm like, oh, so my like, God. so like, it's one of those things where like, I think the movie was ahead of its time. And I think it's also still ahead of this time. I think it's still, <laughs> I, I still, so I don't, far in the future. It's it hasn't still, come around yet. It's still in the future. <laughs> We haven't reached the sweetest thing, which probably which probably makes more sense with the title. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. So you're right. They Oh my god. They have this experience in the bathroom and Christina Applegate encourages Cameron Diaz to pursue a relationship with the guy that she met for thirty seconds on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And we're like all kinds of confused, but we're like, okay, I'm still on board. Like I was still on board at this point. I was like ready to give myself over to this movie. Yeah. And she does meet up with Peter again um, out in the club. She buys him a drink because she spills his. And then his brother played by Wait, Jason Bateman. When she buys the drink. She buys him a beer. <laughs> she, she like in an impersonation of like a seal or a beached whale jumps up on the bar and slides across <laughs> Where her bare stomach is like scraping the stainless steel bar top. You heard like, oh. I'm just kidding. No, you didn't. But it would have been way funny if you did. It was, it was, it did make me laugh because I was like, wow, there are, this is her world. Those hip hugger jeans were flipping me out. I was like, she is so close to having a butt crack exposed I, at all okay, times. Here's the thing. Cameron Diaz looks amazing we know this already she looks amazing oh, and night and, she looks night and she she night and day comes later she looks even better then she looks great in the movie the 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 clothing was not flattering no but i mean this is the early 2000s like no clothing was flattering it, it all looked like shit and you she, needed that body to to make that clothing work and she, and she wearing, had it she was wearing that's what i'm saying she's wearing a crop top and jeans but like i think the cut of it just like wasn't right like it was I don't know. The, the cuts of those clothes, because you remember the early 2000s, like your body was the accessory. Like it was not <laughs> about the clothes. It was like, you, you're right. Your body is the, are the, is the clothes. That is the sweetest Are the clothes. <laughs> that is the sweetest thing. She, the early 2000s clothing, like the way things were cut, it was like, if you're long and lean, you're going to look, your torso is going to look double the size, like double long and lean. I think that's what it was. It was just a lot of, it was it's a that lot gap. of. The gap was so big. Large. It's a large, large gap. And she looks great. I'm not I'm not saying she doesn't look good. It was just yeah, like no. the proportions were odd. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She looks to... like longer than she even is. And that was the cut of clothes. And then, you know, on the flip side, if you're a short little meatball of a girl like me, you, the clothes are going to actually make you look half your size. <laughs> yeah. They're going to make you look half as short and the colors like half. everybody was dressed for fall everyone oh those <laughs> colors what the fuck so many colors? browns dark, oh. dark reds maroons reds. it was i like, would like to fire the costume designer on this it was, this was one of the worst jobs i've ever seen and keep in mind like this is 2002 we know how a sophisticated lady even a maid from manhattan, <laughs> manhattan. can dress yeah she looks much clothes were terrible terrible yeah i don't know if the shipment got lost going across country but the clothing was heinous heinous <laughs> i hated too the like business pant 
like the the they were like wearing like a tight slack. Oh yeah, they love to slack. <laughs> Selma Blair is wearing like a hip hugging tight slack, and her like butt looks good, her body looks good, but it's just like, what are these colors? And the color scheme of this movie was already weird. It was already very well lit. It was already kind of like weirdly pastel. I I, yeah. I did, this is like for no one. This but maybe you're a film buff out there. I looking at this movie was hard. It was like not very visually appealing. Well, at all. part of it is that, and this is something that you'll notice as you're watching. Like I said, it would be anything with a film, but the camera get so close to their faces that like everything feels out of whack. Like all the proportions mm-hmm. feel weird because when Cameron Diaz is talking, the camera gets right in up her in her face. face. And then yeah. like yeah. all that I wanted was the camera to just kind of inch out a little bit and like, let's just see all the girls. Let's see all yeah. the girls standing and talking. Instead it was like direct shot of Cameron's face. Then Christina Applegate, then Selma Blair. But like they mm-hmm. were sitting together. Just, just, just show me a three shot. Just give me, give me a shot of all the girls. It was like, it was like they filmed the movie separately. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. I was like, so when a movie is this short, um, it's it's usually like a, an act. It's usually they didn't have enough to put together a feature length film <laughs> because, like you said, this movie is an hour and twenty nine, and the theatrical release had to be like an it hour was and shorter. 18. It was shorter. <laughs> Yeah, which is crazy. Like if a movie is around 80 minutes, that's danger zone. That means they almost didn't have enough shots to finish the movie. So it would make sense to me if you told me all three of these women were on different schedules and they had to film everyone's stuff in separate close-ups and then put it together later. Like that would make sense to me. Because as we'll kind of get with the structure of the movie, like it was... (sighs) No structure. Right. But like, okay, Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz are in one movie and Selma Blair is in a different movie because because all of Selma Blair's scenes are by herself. Yeah, While Cameron Diaz's woman. scenes are with Christina Applegate. So, I know. What kind of buddy movie is this? <laughs> what kind of crossroads is this? It was like, oh, we need another girl. Uh, Selma, come on. <laughs> get off the Jane. Get, get off the bench. Yeah, I would love some behind the scenes on what went down filming this, making it, what happened from script to screen. I, yeah. I want like an expose on this movie because I'm sure there's a lot there. Yeah. It, but... Yeah. They're at the club. They're flirting. They're flirting. And then Cameron Diaz finds out that Peter, whatever his name is, is in town. So she thinks for a bachelor party for Peter's brother. And mm-hmm. they're at the Four Seasons that night. And it's their last night. They invite her to come back to the Freddie Mercury suite. They let her know exactly where they're going to be. And now, is like, the come. wedding is the wedding the next day, or is it a or is it a week or is it like a week later? It can't be the next day. Wait, no, I think they lead you to believe it's literally the next day. So the or movie- I think I think it's like Saturday because doesn't he say we're getting married Saturday up in like Somerset or something? Okay, it doesn't it really doesn't matter? But yeah, I, it's it's almost the next day. Yeah, it's within the next it's three days max. So maybe this is a, a Thursday night and the wedding's on a Saturday. But like the timetable of this movie is incredibly short. It takes place within seventy two hours essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um. Correct. Yeah, so they're like telling her to come back to the suite and you see the camera pull in in one of those uncomfortable close-ups and Cameron's like mulling it over. She's like, is this going to be the time? This is what they want you to think. They want you to think, is this going to be the time that I'm going to be different and actually follow through? Right. Instead of like discarding this man for trash, which 
we've covered makes almost no sense. Like, we didn't get that from her at all. We never really got that she's this man-eater, but okay, yeah. fine. So she goes home that night, and Christina Applegate has gone out to get it on. Wait, but before they leave, he goes... Oh, you, you want to stick around. He goes, no, 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 this is the last <laughs> line from the club. Okay, <laughs> no, okay. I need, no, I need to leave the club. I need my eyes hurt. <laughs> we need to get out of this club. My eyes are killing me. He goes, he goes, have a nice life. And she goes, you too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like... Mm. Yeah, anyway, the first pass okay. of that too, I was like, so we're never seeing him again. <laughs> I was like, okay. Have a nice okay. life. He's getting... He's getting... Well, he's. we don't know that he's getting married, but we... Yeah. He's going to have a nice life. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, I guess on second pass, that line actually makes sense because he's like, all right, I'm going to get married. Um, This could have been like something for me, but have a nice life. Great. It makes sense on second pass. First watch through, you're like, huh? What? Okay. That's what you're going to go with, buddy? Fine. But yeah, so she goes home. She doesn't go to the suite and we just get a night of regret from her. Yeah. And Christine Applegate has gone on to hook up with Leather Coat Guy, who we've pointed out is the hot one. Hot guy. And they're, she's just like, you're such a loser for like going home and not going. If you're hearing this message, that means you're at home and you're a loser. And you're a loser. <laughs> also, if they're trying to like paint Cameron as like a man-eater who like flirts and spits guys out and like leaves them out to dry, it's like, she, she's a prude. She like doesn't do anything. She just she, went home. She gets dressed in her head-to-toe... <laughs> Pink. Like pink pajamas, full pants, full sweater, and <laughs> yeah. she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, has a, she has an inappropriate fantasy. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. But yeah, she, that's all we're saying. But she does get room. Okay, this is in her dream. She gets room service with <gasps> with so much ice cream, so many sweets, so many sweets. But the guy Peter in the dream was so sweet because he had the hotel remove all the calories Mm -hmm. from the sweets. So she Mm -hmm. could have, she could have as many sweets as she wants. And when she finds out that the, the sweets are zero cal, she goes, all right. All right. (laughs) Dig in, baby. You've often pointed out on this podcast, but it's worth mentioning again. Um, I'm, I, th- I feel like this could have been a ghost of Christmas past, present, future scenario. Yeah. We could just live in this, um, in these hypotheticals where Cameron is like, you know, um, just on a fever dream trip with, like this whole movie could have just been a fever dream of her on sweets. She it, wakes up at the end. I think specifically because, okay, because the movie is 2002 and we saw Made in Manhattan and Two Weeks Notice and like while those movies were like bizarre in their own rights... They were, and we can say this now after watching this, they were much more grounded in reality than this. Like Shockingly this, so. <laughs> shockingly so. Like, like Who would have ever thought that those were the grounded ones? I'm like the main to manager pipeline is real. I believe real? in it. Beca- <laughs> because, because this movie is like, I've it's grounded in a world unlike anything I've seen before. So like we're, we're led to believe that this scene where she eats zero calorie ice cream is such a bizarre fantasy dream world, but I'm like, it's not that different from the rest of the movie. If anything, if <laughs> anything, the, the same. If anything, vibe. the dream is more real. Like low cal ice cream is a thing. Like Halo Top is in is in the Frozen freezer section. Yogurt, <laughs> yeah. So like tasty delight. Like having having low cal um, desserts 
is is not like this crazy thing. Like it's it really if, grounds the movie. <laughs> if anything, I'm like, oh, that you're right. Okay, maybe maybe the dream, maybe that dream is the only real moment of the movie. Everything else is a dream. And what the rest I, is a sugar coma. <laughs> this movie takes so many departures from what should be the plot, too. Yeah. It's like, I'd argue there is no plot. But this dream is just like a two-minute little sideline of any forward motion yeah. whatsoever. And well, they do it multiple times over. You're right. But like, okay, so the... Okay, here's a good example. Like in the movie Meet the Parents, right? That movie is fun, and it also takes place over the course of a weekend leading up to a wedding. But it feels like we're constantly moving towards this wedding. Mm-hmm. This movie yeah. also has a similar timeline, 72 hours leading up to a wedding. But from beat one of Meet the Parents, you know that the last scene of the movie is going to be the wedding, and we're going to explore how we get from here to there. Yeah. With this movie, <laughs> I have no idea that the ending is going to be trying to get to a wedding so it's like i don't know where we're going (laughs) me too and so when she wakes up when she wakes up she picks up the phone and she goes san francisco please (laughs) and she called four seasons in san francisco and she calls the hotel and i guess well it's a weird okay it's a weird phone scene because normally in those phone scenes they let you hear what the other person says yeah nope dead silent they were like we don't even want to pump this in after the fact they're like just assume and she so she she calls the hotel she calls the suite and she goes oh okay so like it was it was like unclear if like they were never staying there if they had already checked out if they refused her phone call (laughs) like like why her phone call was not placed was confusing to me. Yeah, I know. So I was just, you fill in the blanks yourself. It's one of the few moments in the movie where they give you your own creative license to just fill it in. Yeah, you're right. They really And I said, okay, they've checked out. They've really empo- they really empowered the audience there to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. plot their own adventure. This but was like for, a write your own yeah. adventure. <laughs> but for one reason or a million, she doesn't get in contact <laughs> with Peter in the hotel. So I was like, oh. They and nat- you're supposed to be bummed. You're like, shit. Damn. Yeah, like, oh, that could have been so sweet. So they naturally, <laughs> the girls naturally go to... I guess brunch. Oh, God. In Chinatown. And... um, This is... Too, this not, is like this another... This is not great. I don't know how long the sequence is. It actually feels like a million years. But it's like <laughs> another 20 minutes of derailing whatever semblance of plot we might have. I okay. It's like they, twenty they, minutes off the beaten path. Twenty minutes off in an already <laughs> short, short movie. Short, short movie. <laughs> they go to okay, and that's a good point because when they get to Chinatown, the first shot, which is kind of a cool shot, is Selma Blair and Cameron Diaz are standing there, and um, Christina Applegate arrives on a trolley. Pretty fun, and they so just, fun, very full house, and then. They decide to go to brunch, but interspliced in the conversation are these extreme close-ups where the <laughs> background looks like a green screen. Like, it, yeah, to your the point, background it's like, is it's, so busy. It's like it's like they it's like they didn't know what the scene was going to be for, and then they added in dialogue. I don't even remember what they talked about at that scene. 
So this is this is one of the moments where I was like, oh, wow, they really did that. Um, the, Selma Blair shows up and you're right. The background is so busy. My eyes my eyes don't know where to look and I can't it track was like, the conversation. It was, like, it was like the depth was the depth. off. Like they, they was, needed to blur out that background. Yes, that's what they you're right. That's everything what the was in focus. Was. Every, everything. Uh, yes. Yeah. They, the director talking. made some pretty wild choices in this movie. Um, it's like a fantasy world. Yeah. Everything is like pastel. Everything is in focus. Extreme close-ups mixed with extreme wide shots. Nothing, nothing's blurry, so we can't separate them from the background. You're right. It's very hard to follow the conversations because you, your eyes don't know where to go. <laughs> and all I know is we get away from this moment because Soma Blair has Christina Applegate's dress from the night before. Remember this? Right. And they're like, oh, there's a stain on it. <laughs> look it up. Look it up if you need to. Look it up if you need to. And Because we have we have morality standards. And Yeah, we have standards on this podcast. And so she's there's slept, a she's detour. With a guy. She's she, she did it with him. Okay, go ahead. But there's there's plot detour number I don't even know at this point. I mean, she goes off to the dry cleaner and we get like a sequence. Chanel, that scene is like ten minutes. It's like a ten minute sequence of Selma Blair at a dry trying, cleaner trying to drop off her dress. With a crudely stained dress. And <laughs> by the way, I the the prop the the problem with the scene is that the scene is so funny. It just I just Does don't it, know why we're there. <laughs> it makes no sense to follow Jane's character. It makes yes. no sense. We go with her to this um dry cleaner and she knows the dry cleaner. A field trip comes in. They're like, "Oh, students, we're going to learn about cleanliness today." <laughs> a priest comes in. Her priest comes in, gives her a hug and a kiss, and then the leader of the group is her teacher. She's like, oh, Jane, I haven't seen you since third grade. And meanwhile, the the man who runs the dry cleaner, he doesn't know what the stain is. He's scratching at so it. So he's scratching Sniffing it. Tasting it. It's like, it's... Oh it, my it, God. If the movie was about Selma Blair... Fine. We sure. Would, I would understand. But it was just bizarre. And so bizarre. And so long. That was so <laughs> long. It was a really long scene. I'm like, like I said, they had nothing to build out this movie. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. Then they go back, they meet us back at brunch, and another scene. Okay, this that scene this completely scene, derails okay, any have, forward motion. We have to I have to I really have to dance around this scene. If if you need to know what we're talking about. Go to your Google, whatever search bar you like, type in song, the sweetest thing, and you can watch it. But there is... I don't want to say it once and then bleep it. (laughs) Okay. You... Okay, you can do that now because I won't participate in this (laughs) Steven refuses to participate in the crudity of the scene. Yeah, I'm putting on my Aunt Lydia jacket right now. Like, it's... They're just... They're trying to lead you to believe, like, this is how women talk at brunch. They They have a real crude conversation. Yeah, after they've all, two of the three women have had um, intercourse the evening before. <laughs> intercourse but is worse. You need to, you're bleeping out all this language. Two of the three women have um, consummated relationships the night before. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is just getting grosser. Pre-mar- and, premarital. Premarital. And they're like talking about it. And then they launch into this song. Yeah. That is so shocking. I didn't know what to make of it. It was so shocking. And it's, 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 um, it's a full length song. It has different, full vers- different verses and, length, and, and a three chorus. Three and a half minute dance number. Dance, there's choreography. Song. And. Um, it, and apropos of nothing. No. Like it is just jammed into this conversation for no reason. For no, for, and. Oh my God. Like I get a. I can appreciate it on a level that like it's it's shocking in a way that is new and like it felt like oh we're doing something different. I don't I know. I think man. that the the problem was that like tonally I didn't know where we were and I didn't know what we were building towards. Because what the mo- what the the what the movie Okay, what they could have done is they ha- could have had a movie where the whole time Cameron Diaz was this man-eater and we would have just watched her have fun. That sounds like a fun movie. But yeah. they're playing with this idea where she says one thing, but she's actually something else. Because while she's singing this song, they're also, it's intersplicing a conversation where she's talking about being in love with Peter or at least being in love with the idea of who Peter is. And mm-hmm. Christina Applegate is like, Oh, like you need to go to the wedding and yeah, lock it down. Yeah. And this is where the movie takes another sharp left where you would have gotten whiplash. So you blink and you miss it. But I apparently at the brunch, Cameron Diaz says <laughs> we should go to the wedding. I missed it because Christina Applegate <laughs> says, um, Courtney as a character says like, we're going to go to this wedding. And Cameron's like, I can't go to Peter's brother's wedding. And she's like, we're going to Peter's brother's wedding. And you blink and you miss it. But cut this to the next day. <laughs> transitions into a road trip film. Okay. Cut to the next day. Christina <laughs> Applegate shows up in the nastiest blue suit I've ever seen in my life. And she says, she's like, come on, get up. We're going we're to going. A, we're going to a wedding, and Cameron Diaz is like, "Who's getting married?" She's like, "Peter's brother." You agreed. You agreed. You said you said you were... we would go. She's like, "You told me you wanted to go, so let's go." And Cameron's like, "I was joking." And then Christina Applegate's character goes, "You know, fifty percent of what people say when they're joking is oh. actually true." Oh right. <laughs> I was like, "Is that a real figure?" I was like. She's trying to like scientist her to death, like doctor was, her. Okay. Also, I was saying to myself, "Are they invited? Are they invited to the wedding?" I didn't no. think they were even invited. I don't think they were. They don't know where it is. They don't know where they're going. They just have a town name, Somerset. Yeah. And <laughs> the plan is they're going to drive to Somerset. They're going to get off at the exit, and as Cameron says, says we're going to drive around till we find a church. <laughs> till we find a church, yes, and quite literally, that's what they do. That's literally. I what am interested in this next segment of the film just because it is such a departure from like the rom com we've been building. Now we're getting buddy comedy. Now we're getting road trip film. Buddy and... comedy that leaves one of the girls out. I felt bad for yes. Selma Blair. Yeah, Selma Blair stays home and just um, works the floor at her job, <laughs> I think. <laughs> we think. 
Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But this turns into a road trip movie, and more hijinks ensue, one bit cruder than the next. I will say this. Ugh. I enjoy, I what I enjoyed about the movie and and Give me a road I, trip film. I laughed Make- I laughed a lot during this movie. And I will say that like I can at least appreciate the fact that I really never knew what was going to happen next. Like, I didn't <laughs> know. We, I didn't know we were going on a road trip. I didn't know we were going to Chinatown. I didn't know there was a waterbed. Like, in the same way that, like, Made in Manhattan, Two Weeks Notice, Miss Congeniality, like, you pretty know what's going to happen next beat by beat. Or if anything, mm-hmm. maybe there's two beats, but, like, one is 80% more likely to happen than another. With this movie... If you said you knew what was going to happen next, you're a liar. Liar. You're a liar. Liar. You're, you're not sweet. You're sour. <laughs> you're so, not my friend. So I, I, when we got in the car, I said to myself, just nope. relax and enjoy it. Like, <laughs> let's go. Let's girls. Let's go for a ride. Because, Ladies. <laughs> because I'm done. <laughs> I'm done trying to figure out where we're headed. <laughs> so confusing we're like 45 <laughs> minutes deep you're right and <laughs> you're I like did, now we're on the road i did look at the time and i thought uh we don't have that much time left we have like <laughs> 35 minutes tops to, <laughs> to wrap it up <laughs> yeah we're more than halfway through the movie at this point the structure of this movie was truly bananas you couldn't guess a single thing if you held a gun to my head <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. Now we're on the road. Fine. Whatever. They're uh, on the road and immediately something stinks. And they find... Pew, they f- pew. Okay, this is... Okay, this is... Maybe this like was a, gross. a big thing in 2002. But in the same... Okay, Cameron Diaz goes on an investigation in the backseat to look for something that smells in Christina Applegate's car. Yeah. And she finds a duck foil dessert. Yeah, which, what? Which was, was this, that? Okay, which is so strange. And I guess it was it was expired. That's the joke. That's but, the joke. But why was the foil in the shape of a duck? Okay, but don't you remember in two weeks' notice, Sandra Bullock also remember she gets that foil duck dessert. <gasps> what? Remember? Yeah. Wait. Why is this a thing? It was the same year. So I was like, I was like, maybe we're missing a cultural reference, but like. This I'm going to live Google as you talk the about the second duck. movie where there's been a gag around a foiled dessert, like a dessert wrapped in foil shaped into a duck. <laughs> and what's really funny about this one is that when they, when they discovered the source of the smell, Cameron Diaz throws it out the window and it flies around and then and it, it flies <laughs> back at them. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I didn't understand the duck foil thing, so I wrote that down, and I was like, was that just a visual gag just so that when it came back at them, it looked like a bird flying at them? I was yeah. like, so confused by which, that. Which I think it was. I'm just saying that in the context of seeing Two Weeks Notice, where we have a, not the similar gag, but we we have a similar prop being used as like a joke, I'm like, huh, maybe it was like a popular dessert of the day? What is the origin of Um, giving leftovers in an aluminum swan? Oh, swan. I keep saying duck. (laughs) Well, I've been calling it duck foil, too. I barely got a hit on Google. What is the deal with the foil swan? Reddit. Maybe we can do... You know what we can do? We can look some information up, and we can begin our next one with an investigation. Wow. An investigation. Reddit says... um, yeah, this is just a really quick thing so we can get off of it. Reddit says a few high-end restaurants would wrap leftovers in a foil swan. Hmm. 
weird i oh this missed me this really missed me this was like so far over my head it was like a duck flying out of a window and sailing back so yeah they do a crude begins their hijinks yeah they do a crude time there they stop at a gas station bathroom and it's truly it took my breath away that scene Um, i i will admit i scream laughed during the bathroom scene I I have not laughed so out. hard <laughs> in so long. Like that was so funny. I feel like I could I would have laughed if I wasn't so horrified. <laughs> and I like crude. I can I only like describe it, can only describe it as like raunchy bathroom humor. But there is there oh is Oh my goodness. There is a um a men's bathroom, um, Christina Applegate using a urinal. We'll just say. Yeah. Um, there is Cameron Diaz sticking her face really close to um, a hole in the wall. Yeah. We'll just say. That's the beginning, middle, and end of our overview. That's but- our overview of that. And I love raunchy humor. Like when when Lillian is shitting in the street in Bridesmaids, I'm flipping out. Like I'm dying laughing. This was so uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Yeah, it definitely had, it definitely felt like, um, like a building block for something like a bridesmaids. I think, I think that there, there is certainly a, a question of taste, but, um, I can at least give the movie a lot of credit for trying. And I think that they were really trying to, to just like live in a different world they were trying to go where no one had gone before in terms of like lady comedies and i want to be very clear here i'm not i'm feeling the need to like disclaim a little i'm not a prude i love raunchy i think the dirtier the better sometimes she's reading guys she's reading from a script I'm reading from at gunpoint. Steven's a gun in my head and I'm talking about this. No, I want, I want to say that you're safe and you're safe with me. Okay. I have great taste in comedy. I'm going to go ahead and say that I have good taste in films, good taste in comedy. And it's just like, it has to be for something. It has to be building towards something and it has to be actually nailing it. And it's like, this was so low brow and it was for naught. Like it was for nothing. I think your latter point is right. Like, the problem is not that it's is is that it's uh, low brow or whatever or raunchy. It's that you want it to be in service of something. So if the whole yes, movie if the yes, whole yes, movie yes. had been a a road trip movie and it was one thing after another, um, then Great. I get it. I just think that the problem with this scene, not the problem rather, the questions with this scene are so many questions are are why are we here? Because like. <laughs> Like it's the in, whole movie. In Bridesmaids, right, we know why we're at the wedding dress shop. Here, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know why we're at the gas station. Did someone <laughs> have to use the bathroom? Also, why are we going to a wedding we're not invited to? So it's, <laughs> I think It's just that, not in service of any grander picture. Right. It's just done a poor job of like building out the world. <laughs> but I think, I think that I will give the movie more credit for for trying and at least at least like trying to push the boundaries a little bit because yeah. I, I think, think that's what they were going for I would all I will also say this like 2002 Cameron Diaz Christina Applegate Selma Blair are like they are stars at this point like they are mm-hmm. yes so this I is think, the dream team I think that having these three do this movie and 
push it forward like a female comedy in this direction I think yeah. was I think was pretty interesting and like I'm glad that they they did it I think that to your point I think they would have been better serviced if the movie was just a little bit more focused on where it was going because yeah. then you can you can track a build but yeah I, I think I, I saw this on like the critics page for this movie it's like I think everyone appreciated the effort but everyone was like, I just wish it was a better movie. Like, I just wish the packaging was clearer and better and they didn't just um, go lowbrow for the sake of lowbrow because it, yeah, it, it had, had potential to no, really do it, something. It has the perfect arc for a 72-hour movie, right? I'm, we're going to go to this wedding. We're going we're gonna to get this guy. We're going to road trip there. So, like, just get all three of the girls in the car. Yeah. Drive, like... And I love a movie like that. I love like an overnight, one day sort here's, of movie. Here's what would have been better. Okay, in the beginning, we would have had a montage of different nights at the club. Every night she sees this guy. Every night she takes a different guy home, but on her way out, she always looks at Peter and is like, mm-hmm. damn, who is that guy? And yeah, then something about him. He's and, shiny. And then this one night they have an interaction and he tells her, this is where I'm going to be on this day. I'm going to... You know, and then I'm going to be gone for a while. So she has a reason to go to the wedding. Like if I don't see him this day, he's going to be out of town for work, whatever. Wow, I feel like I'm watching this movie. Then the three of the girls pack up and they head out in their Saab wagon, which I love a Saab. I think they're so chic. This car was really cute. So chic. And then they drive to the wedding and it's like, you know, we could even have a countdown timer. Like, so we know how much time is left to get there because that's, that's the movie that I think they thought they were making. Yeah. Me, I agree with you. I'm so on board. It's like, that would be the movie and we get to heighten and explore the hijinks each time. I, we love these sections in movies. It's the fun and game section. Oh, you know, it's like so monster-in-law where they're pranking each other back and forth. You know, that's the section. Yeah. So like this section of this movie has just like infinite potential. And okay, fine. You want to go lowbrow with it? Fine. Do the whole bathroom explosion scene where, you know, they get all wet from the By the way, pipe. we saw the bathroom explosion scene in two weeks notice. We're not opposed to it. Yeah, we're into it. We love it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, package it better. So Come on. <laughs> So they go so, yeah. they go from one essentially one fantasy world to the next. So they leave <laughs> they leave this bathroom and they yeah. go to Soaking wet. They go to I wrote it down. Um, oh, who's the boutique? Yeah, what's her name? Yeah, what's her name? It was They're in town and they need dresses for this wedding because the bathroom pipe has burst and they're soaking wet and they like they make it a point to pull over on the side of the road and show us their granny panties, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Yeah, they and do they do a dance. Oh, they, oh, Vera's House of Beauty. <laughs> Vera's House of Beauty. And they make the the one self-aware nod in this whole movie, which I was so on board for. They look up and they go, do we have time for a montage? Yeah. And, and I was so into that. And they do. And they do. And we get them at Vera's House of Beauty trying on outfits. And they're just like all these various fun characters from movies. And it was so fun. So fun. Yeah, they they dress up as iconic movie characters. Unfortunately, there was a ugh, Grease reference, but oh, loved Cameron as Sandra. Loved <laughs> she looked, it. She looked really good. She looked. Really she good. kills it as Sandy, 
And then they're both like in the suits from Dumb and Dumber, right? They both um, there's a Pretty Woman reference. Mm-hmm. Christine Applegate's in the red dress, and then the the jewelry case slams on her finger. Yeah, so fun. It's it's, it's listen. I love the scene. I think it's great. And they they eventually end up with two two outfits. A real, a real sight gag, just seeing them in these goofy outfits. Goofy, goofy outfits. Because, yeah, the real joke of it is is Vera is the only dress shop in town in all of Somerset. 20, and, mi- 20 miles is the nearest dress store. Yeah, nearest dress store is 20 miles. And so they're kind of stuck with Vera's fashions. And they're, you know, they're they're um, they're um old-fashioned, I guess. They they come out in, like, Cameron's in full head-to-toe hot pink. Uh, Christina's in head-to-toe blue. And they've got, like, hats on. <laughs> What's funny, though, is that, okay, they they dress in these ridiculous outfits. They don't fit. They're out of date, whatever. They walk up to their car, and they look in the car window, and they're like, (gasps) oh, my God. I was like, you just left the store. Where there were mirrors everywhere. (laughs) Where there were mirrors. You know what you look like. I know. That was truly shocking. And then they go. and then Christine was so surprising. And then every step of the way. And then Christina Applegate's like, oh, this is very LaToya Jackson. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, this movie just like constantly throwing surprises at me. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to think that they didn't look in the mirror. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. And Cameron's had it. She's like, you know what? This isn't going to work. We're not going to go to the wedding. I'm never going to see him again. And Christina Applegate's like, well, you're sitting on his face right now. Oh, and yeah. On, that's how. On the park bench is an advertisement for Peter. He's a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And they see this as a sign, even though Cameron Diaz says that you're reverse psychologizing me. Psychologizing? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So they decide to chin up and go to the wedding because mm-hmm. they're here, they've got the outfits, um, and they've dragged us along. So <laughs> <laughs> might just well go. So we might as well take the audience with us. Imagine, imagine they were like, let's go. Let's go home. <laughs> I would have screamed if, it, they, it if, we went, if we went home. I think, wait, I actually did have the thought, like, they're going to go home. That's what I'm saying. In the moment, I was like, I had oh, the thought. we're going home. <laughs> it just turned black around. <laughs> and my favorite part about this movie, too, is like there's almost no stakes in anything. Well, that's so- the thing. It's like, okay. It doesn't matter if you don't go because you're not invited. (laughs) There's no stakes whatsoever. So I think like at one point, I think one of them goes, but we drove three hours. (laughs) It's just like, okay. So? I've driven longer just like around town doing errands. Yeah. You're fine. (laughs) There's like no, nothing lost, nothing gained. Just go back home. So, okay. So they find like the only church in town, I guess, well, That's no, they they're, come they're, they're the sitting on the bench and they hear church bells and Cameron Dean yeah. goes, church bells. Church bells. <gasps> Cut to. They it's almost to- like in Night and Day when she gets drugged and we just wake up in the next location. It's like, finally, the screenplay's working for us. Let's go. Yeah. Church bells <laughs> make sense. So we go Let's to the, get there. We go to the church and thankfully there's a wedding happening and it, look, it, appear, <sighs> it appears like it's the one we want. So... <laughs> The only, like it. The only problem is, is that Cameron didn't have a chance to empty her tank at the bathroom. <laughs> so she has to use empty the bathroom. Empty her tank. <laughs> so she has to go to the bathroom at the church. I know. It, this movie does so much indicating. Like they walk through the front door and she grabs her stomach and she's like, oh, I have to pee. And then Christina's like, what? Like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, the skirt is so tight. Yeah. It was like, 
Just oh just God. say you have, just just go to the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom. So she, just go. So Christine, don't tell us. Christine just go. Applegate just is going to go save some seats, and and Cameron and Cameron <laughs> Diaz asked the usher, and the usher's like, "It's in the back building. <laughs> it's in the back. That's in the back building. <laughs> yeah, that's in the back building. I'll take you there. So I'll take you there. So she goes to the back building, which she finds pretty easily, and <laughs> as as soon as she gets in there. Um, she, she, she realizes she's not alone. She's not alone. And you love her. Oh my God. I was so relieved to see Parker Posey. It was so relieving to see a friendly face in a full wedding dress in in the bathroom. In the bathroom. And she's having like a mental breakdown. She clearly doesn't want to get married. Mm-hmm. She's doing the hyperventilating into a paper bag, which yeah, is like kind of like classic. skin. Her skin is red. She's she's she has, um, she's flustered. Yeah, she's she doesn't want to get married, and her and Cameron have like a real heart to heart. And this Cameron, was a really okay. This was this was fun. This was the this funny, was actually this fun. is like really well written and like very well acted scene in the movie. That was the only one. <laughs> it was Just the only one. It was the only one. It was like. It Parker Posey really elevated the scene. And she did. It grounded it. And you know what it did? It reminded me that, and this is something I've always known, but I sometimes you lose it when you watch these movies. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Cameron Diaz is really talented. Like the yeah. her her yeah. her work in this scene. She was like, she was like, you're beautiful, and you can get divorced. You could just get divorced. <laughs> And Parker you Posey's, can always just get divorced. Parker Posey's like, yeah, you're yes. right. I can get divorced. And I love when this happens in movies. When I'm in enthusiastic agreement with the characters, I'm like, yeah, sure. And, and Cameron Diaz is of like, course. and then Cameron Diaz goes, and you look beautiful. And Parker Posey like looks back at her. She goes, I look, I look I beautiful. Look beautiful. I look beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really, really funny. Yeah, Cameron. Funny scene. Is turning in good work, and the the material just isn't there. And her physical comedy is always there, though. That's always she has, on. She really her physical comedy. Is she there. has really like strong physical comedy, and her timing with like mm-hmm. the way that she delivers her her lines. It's a shame that the script isn't better because she can do really strong comedy work. Like, yeah, no, she's killing it. Um, with the writing in that scene, it really was like, oh, if she would have just had the right dialogue, this movie mm-hmm. would have been a home run because that scene, she literally is like nailing those lines in yeah. such like, is with such precision. It's nice. It's so relieving. It's really nice to see finally. It, it almost is like makes me mournful and sad about what co- the club could have been if she had the right dialogue because this dialogue is funny it's so and she's funny. nailing it. And the physical comedy afterwards when she gets locked, she in, gets the, locked. in the bathroom. <laughs> she gets locked um, in. The, the doorknob just falls off and her reaction is so funny. And then when she tries to put it back on and then the others, the pieces of the doorknob <laughs> yeah. fall out the other side. Yeah. It is, and it's, it's all just told in sound effects. Like it is so funny. And what's funny, what's interesting about this scene is that it is our most intimate of settings. It's a tiny little room and like it's more effective than some of the other scenes because it's so simple. Right? It's like she just gets locked in a room, but it's arguably funnier than some of the yeah. more complicated scenes we've been through. Yeah, it's the most simple, simple idea. Just girl 
it like needs to get back into the church because wedding's about to start and it's like and she's locked in a room and it's yeah. so it's fun funny. to watch her just live in that space right. for a minute or two. Just, it's she's, great. She just plays. So she she eventually finds a way out through a window. Through a window. Christina through. Applegate comes, finds her. She falls out the window. So funny. So like funny. A, like a gazelle. Just like funny, funny out. physical comedy. And they, yeah. of course, most of the doors are locked to the church, which seems like a fire mm-hmm. hazard. But then they... They, they find, find an open one. find an open one where they enter pretty close to the front <laughs> and they kind of are walking back and then the big twist. Big reveal, whiplash number two moment yeah. for the camera work. Ow. It's like, I'm here to marry and it's like, Parker Posey, not her name. I just yeah. don't know her name. Parker Posey and, and they show you Jason Bateman and then the camera does a really quick, <gasps> and it's Peter, Peter. is getting it's married. Peter's wedding. Peter's wedding, which have a nice life at the club now makes sense. Yeah. Now we get it. And ca- ca- they're so embarrassed. <laughs> Christina Applegate delivers so spot funny. on lines. Oh, this isn't the, the Moisha bar mitzvah or <laughs> yeah. whatever she says. She's like, this isn't the. Yeah. She. Something bar mitzvah. I forget the last name she gives. It's pretty funny. It's really funny. And and you're right. They're, they're frustrated. They'd driven three hours. So. Yeah. Now, let me say, I mean, if we're done with the church and the wedding, like they get out of there. And at this point, the structure of the movie really started to actually confuse me because we have 30 minutes left in the movie. And I was promised or I wasn't promised. Let's be honest. I, you, this Nothing's a guarantee in this movie. No. But there's 30 minutes left. And you're like, wait, the wedding was supposed to be the end. <laughs> right. Like, and you're, it's so confusing. You're right. Because what we don't get is we don't get a scene of Peter running out of the church. We don't get a scene of Cameron running out of the church. No, like they, they they kind of pan to the car as it's driving. But we don't get like the immediate reaction after. No, we don't get the closure from that. I mean, Peter and Parker Posey decide, let's not get married. We actually both don't want to. Great. But... There is no aftermath of that. Yeah, I mean, we don't get it. The only thing it's 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 more cued musically because when they get home and they go to the church or they go to the church, they go to a club and that Usher song "You Got It Bad" is playing. That lets us know that she has it bad, right? My sister loved this. Movie. I love like, oh, Usher. I yes. love that. I love it. So she's at a club. She's 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 so sad. She's and so sad. You got it. You got it bad. And she. And she meets this guy, and they're vibing, and you feel like this is good. <laughs> so, so Cameron feels like she's going to learn her lesson, and she's not going to let men slip through her fingers anymore, and she's just going to be honest with her feelings. So she tells this guy, essentially, she's looking for Mr. Right, and she's ready to settle down, and she's not going to let moments pass through her, and she's just going <laughs> to let people know how she feels, and I really like you, and we're vibing. The scene has some heavy lifting and to do. She's She's like... She's like really leaning into this guy and she's like, and I can just tell that the way we were dancing, we have a connection and I really want to see you again. And I'm going to, I want you to call me. You know what? Forget that. I'm going to call you. You give me your number. And he literally, as soon as she takes a breath, he literally looks at her. He goes, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that that was also some brilliant Cameron work and the camera is on her almost the entire time because this man, this man is serving one of the worst reaction shots I've ever seen in cinema history. Yeah. He is so 
just one note about it. And the comedy is coming, like she's pulling all her weight in this scene. She's really working for that salary that she took, which I read was was a third of the budget. Great. I'm happy. Cameron got one third of the movie's budget. I'm happy. Good for her because, okay, this man's getting the the worst reactions. That is And this guy should be pretty happy because I'm pretty sure It's Cameron Diaz. It's Cameron Diaz and he was like, he's like a solid, he's a solid four and she's a 10. So, and by the way, he was in the first scene. He was like one of the guys who she like karate chopped, danced away from him. So like, this should have been his big moment. This should have been his big moment. But like, of course, once the lady is emotionally available, he is... He's like, forget it. He's forget you're it. Too ma- you're too mouthy for me. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, say that, but it's, it's, it's rude. It's rude, but it's also it's also funny. <laughs> rude but funny. Oh my god, is this the um three weeks later yet? Like, have we cut to three weeks later? I feel like we have. Uh, uh, doesn't matter. Y- yeah. No. Three weeks later. Yeah. After this, I think it's three weeks later. Yeah. So she blows it with this man, and she. Oh my God! Is is after the club when they rush back home and there's like the fire department at their yeah, apartment you're at their right. shared okay, apartment. Okay, so before the three weeks later, and I'm gonna <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna make this quick. She, her, and Christina Applegate go home, and or this might have been when they were returning from the trip. It doesn't really matter. But at some point they're coming home and they get to their apartment and the fire department's there, police are there, animal control, rabbis, people from different ethnic the groups. The whole neighborhood. EMT, The United Nations. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is and at their apartment. apartment. Because Selma Blair has gotten herself stuck on something that belongs to her partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she She's... can't get it. Oh my god! This is where the close-ups really work for them in this movie. <laughs> this was a this was honest. Like Selma Blair deserves a like humanitarian award for doing this scene, for going through with this scene, for going through with this scene. This remind this makes no sense. Why this reminds me of this? But remember when we were like, no way J Lo and Monster in Law was gonna say more gravy, please, on yeah. camera. More gravy. Mm, this gravy is great. Mm, more gravy for me, please. Load, her, <laughs> load it up. Which so they had to have it off screen. It's like Selma Blair deserves, like you said, all the awards under the sun for going through with this on camera. Like on this camera. wasn't off. This wasn't an off screen gag. No, there's this a lot of like close up shots. She and, is anchored to a man, and the only way to get herself out of this sticky situation is she has. She's going to. Come sing an Aerosmith song, <laughs> and that's going to allow oh her God. to relax to a point where she can. Yeah, spoiler: she has to relax her throat. Yeah, to um, uh, th- th- you know, <laughs> get out of this predicament. So, and the the commentary from the peanut gallery is a lot for me. Everyone has an idea. No, everyone's got something to say. How she's stuck. Yeah, and they're like, you know, you it's know, a piercing. <laughs> right. So they try a few different songs. One of them doesn't work. And yeah, then one they, of the songs doesn't work. Then they land on an, an Aerosmith song, and everybody sings together. Selma mm-hmm. Blair hums it to the best of her ability. And yeah, it's a real callback to that brunch scene, by the way, where they sing another crude, where they sing that crude song right. that you guys should definitely look up yeah. if you haven't already. And it's a callback because the whole restaurant's in on it, and this whole the whole apartment is in on it. Yeah. Um. Everyone is singing this song. It's a real kumbaya come together moment. 
And uh, surprise, Selma Blair unlatches herself. She, yes. She is successful and mm-hmm. everything is okay. So, All is right in the world, and yet another And by the way, plot. this is how the girls reunite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's yet another plot point that literally kind of just wasted some more time. <laughs> well, it, okay. Again, it's one of those moments where I can appreciate it on a level of trying to do something new and trying to be outrageous. The problem was that we've had such a distance from Selma Blair that... It's almost like, what are you doing? Like, that's what I would say to Selma Blair if I walked in. Because I haven't seen you in a while. And, like, there are all these strangers in the apartment. That really got me. I was, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> so, like, it was a weird to reunite with her in the moment. Because we've, oh like, we've only spent, like, five minutes with her. So it's She like, doesn't have a lot of screen time, collectively. Not, an, not enough. Not enough for me. So, and it's inappropriate to I'm not saying this to be rude to Selma Blair. This uh-oh, movie isn't about uh-oh. her character. No. Like you said, we need all three of them in the car. The sheer fact that all three of them aren't in the car, it's like we don't need Selma Blair's character then. It's actually kind of irrelevant. That's what I'm she, saying. Her plot makes no sense. So it's just like we don't need to be here right now. I just right wish now. she was in the car with them. That's all. <laughs> Me too. Like I'm actually saying give us more of her or get rid of it completely because it there, just makes no sense. And there sense. was no reason why Selma Blair wouldn't go with them. I know. She's their friend, too. She's their friend. And, like, I think she could have missed a, a shift. A shift at, at the Men's store. warehouse. So. It was a bizarro choice just to have her stick back home. So, I guess, essentially, at, at, at this moment, we're led to believe that, like, the girls are back together and yeah, they have each other. This is the three weeks later this now. This is, yeah. Like, they're live, laugh, loving in this, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. sort of. Oblivious to what's going on on the West Coast. Just it's not happening in their world. Right. So yeah. then one night they're coming oh. home from a club. Yeah. And, and Peter Peter's surprise. Is, Peter is asleep at the door. At her front stoop. Yeah. And like Pretty romantic. Christina Applegate is like, hey, check it out. And she gets out of the way and it's Peter. Yeah. <gasps> He looks, he looks deceased, by the way. Mr. Prince Charming himself. Slumped over on a dark alley. <laughs> it wasn't like, typically in this shot, you expect to see the man standing upright with flowers. Peter yeah, flowers. was slumped over with his head drooling against the door. Yes. And they reconnect in truly some of the most baffling dialogue Selma, Selma Blair screams in his ear to wake him up, which did make me laugh. <laughs> I feel like a better title for this movie, for me personally, would be Waste My Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waste My Time. Because they... Ha- so, okay, so he gets up. Selma Blair screams in his ear. He gets up. They reconnect. Cameron Diaz and Peter, the love of her life. And it's like... He's like, surprise, I didn't get married. And she's like... Yeah. What? Again, like if she had known him for weeks and known that he was having marriage and he didn't want to get married, like it would have been like this, like, oh, this reveal. But like it was weird information. So weird. Also, he didn't lead with it. <laughs> right. Later. Right. Like right. he didn't just lead with, oh, my God, I love you so much. I'm like, I'm so sorry I let you go. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't get married. No, they lead with like a bunch of other nonsense. Couldn't tell you. Then that info comes out. Then she decides, OK, let's kiss. I no, hope you're not good. yet. Not yet. 
Not yet? Okay, I'm definitely she, jumping the gun because I don't okay, care. So she... they <laughs> Take me through it, Stephen. They have a conversation, and I don't know how it ends, but she dismisses him. And then what happens, and I thought this was interesting, um, we have a shot of Cameron walking down a hill. <laughs> And she's instead of up. Instead of up. No, wait. They do kiss, and she says, You're a bad kisser. And then she kind of like. No, duh, but she's that's like, the second scene because he leaves, right? He leaves. She she follows him, and he goes and buys flowers. And then remember, the cab drives between them and splashes them with water. Yeah, I just thought they did kiss before that. Okay. I don't I'm think so. Fucking up. Okay. No, because, okay, so they separate, and then Cameron's like, What am I doing? What am I doing? And she runs after him, and she sees that he's like, he is on the street and there's a cab that drives in between them, splashes them with water. Yeah. And then I remember that moment specifically because I was like, really? That's what has to happen there? Okay. I fine. wrote I wrote, God is punishing you because this is <laughs> this is We're wasting the, all of our this, time. Yeah, this is the religious <laughs> callback from the beginning. You didn't follow the commandments. Ten commandments. You didn't follow the commandments, so watch out for God's wrath. <laughs> Because this is the beginning. This is the, the flood. The lotus has come next. <laughs> so they get splashed with water and he comes over to her and she's like, I hope, essentially, I hope this is as good as it was in my sweet dream. Yeah. And she's like, I hope you're a good kisser. They give it three good attempts. They but- link and she's like, oh, that wasn't good at all. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm out of practice. What? Oh my God. And she just like she- walks away again. Okay. It's real. I was so confused. She was so confused. She gives him three attempts to kiss her and she doesn't, she appears to suggest that she doesn't like any of them. And then <laughs> she just takes the flowers that he gives her, turns around and walks away. And walks away. And the screen cuts to black. And then it's over. The movie is over. <laughs> the movie's just over. And because then- I was left so con- a mouth agape so it what? cut it cuts to she like dumps she like dumps him kind of she's like that ah, no, wasn't that good blah blah and he's like yelling after her yeah and he's cut to black cuts to black and then it cuts to an interview setup uh, with just like the beginning just, just like, like the, the beginning. beginning but if you're an eagle eye you would have you would have you would have recognized that this interview was taking place in her Ooh, apartment her apartment and he tell us about Christina Walters yeah and he's i forget what he says it's irrelevant He's at this like, point. Christina Walters. My lady. My my girl. And then I was like, okay. And then... Um, and they, then they reunite. They reunite. In like a very early 2000s way. Like they're all like giggling on a couch. Okay, but... The here, whole cast. Here's my question. Not just him and her. Okay, but in this scene, the camera pulls back and it looks like... Um, Christina Applegate and Selma Blair are, you know, operating the mic and, and the camera. Are we then to believe that they also <laughs> conducted the interviews at the beginning the of the beginning. movie? <laughs> I know. I wrote, is this a documentary? Are they self-producing it? Like, yeah. what? So. This could have been another really cool point, like plot point of the movie. Like her friends could have been like, you're in a slump. You're doing this like um, Mr. Right Now thing a little too hard. And like they could be in it like doing a fun little doc yeah, to try maybe- to like. Maybe instead of working at Men's Warehouse, Selma Blair was like a documentary filmmaker. Yeah, filmmaker. And, and That'd she was, be fun. And she is putting a documentary together. But you're right. Yeah. Like, they cut back and then it all... It could be like an intervention sort of movie too. They're like, we want to talk to you. Yeah. Look at this footage of you dumping men. You're nuts. So You're crazy. So they, they jump on the couch together and all of them plus 
Peter are there. Yeah, Peter's part of the girlies now. And they cut to the side table where there is a photo from their wedding day. Yep. So... Cameron and Peter. They are married. How and why, I don't know. Because... That was a sigh, fam. Because I'm telling you guys, after she walks away from him on the street with the flowers and says, we're done... We get no information except that in the next scene, they are married. They're married. And the documentary from the first frame is still happening. Right. Now, and then the movie ends. Now, after the movie ends was my favorite part of so fun. the movie. And so fun. They, I love movies. Movies need to bring this back, but essentially they they are doing the credit sequence and they intersplice the different people, director, whatever, with bloopers from the movie. And it was like, where has this gone? This used to be my favorite thing in the world when I was younger. This was like my jam. This is the whole reason I wanted to get into entertainment. Bloopers are so fun. I love a peek behind the curtain of what was going on. And it looked like... I love it. It looked like they had a lot of fun making this movie. And I love when like the stars at the the very last... Okay, so it's like blooper after blooper. I couldn't even tell you what they are. And it's like you have to... They're not even fun unless you've seen the movie. But... At the last one, they're all sitting on the couch looking at the thing together. And it was like looking at the camera together. And someone Blair's like, thanks for watching with us. And I was like, oh, me. You're talking to me. Lol. I love that. Cameron like looks dead into the lens. And she goes, are you watching the credit sequence or whatever? Are you watching the movie? Oh, yeah. I was like, I love this. So that was a real highlight of the movie for me. (laughs) Yeah. It reminded me how much I miss those. And there's one scene where Cameron is just like laughing so hard in the doorway with that really just ugly purse and red shirt. Yeah, because she had pulled out some of her extensions. Yeah, it was so funny. You can hear the whole crew like erupt in laughter and that just really got me. I was like, oh, well, at least they had fun, you know? I bet, I bet when they were making this, they were like, I bet the vibe on set was like, we're, we're doing something. I know. I want to know what they thought they were making. And like, and again... I think Chanel, I'll speak for Chanel. I don't think, I I think I like the movie more than Chanel did. I can say that pretty confidently. But I I really. (laughs) This is a pretty trash movie. I liked it. And I think that, I really think (laughs) that they had this idea that they were doing something groundbreaking. And that comes across in the blooper reel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will agree with you. And I think that I will, I'll thank you for giving me that perspective at the very least. Like, From start to finish of our conversation today, I have come around to the idea that, yes, they were pushing a boundary and, you know, I'm proud of them. They were pushing a boundary. They took some risks and not everything worked, but Mm -hmm. I think that it was important that they tried. I'll go there with you. I will meet you there. I think that it is really important and... um, yeah, this will go down as one of the boundary-pushing feminine raunchy comedies, you know. Yeah. That helped us get to a Bridesmaids, let's just say. I mean, I don't know if I'm giving it too much credit, but... No, I think I think you... I think that you have to, like, now that we've seen it, have to at least acknowledge its presence and, like, what it did. And... Yeah. It... it, it especially when you come off of something like Made in Manhattan 
the same year, which is so conservative. Like mm-hmm, to think mm-hmm. that this movie was released in the same year is <laughs> is pretty wild. Mind boggling. It's pretty sweet. So <laughs> it actually gives me a lot of hope too, because I wanted to write off the early 2000s, specifically 2002 is a really conservative time, especially with what we've been covering on this podcast. And this makes me see, no, 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 Chanel, for every made in Manhattan, there, there was a sweetest thing, you yeah. know, which yeah. I like and to I, know. And I think that how we can bring this to a close is really circling back to the title. Like this really was, maybe this was the sweetest thing. And like most things that are labeled the sweetest thing in the bakery case, you only need a bite because, <laughs> because it's so, it's so rich. And when you, and when you eat a whole mouthful of rich, 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 sumptuous desserts, it does hurt your jaw a little bit and it does make you feel sick. So, it does turn your stomach but, just a little. But after you're done eating that sweet, sweet dessert, you realize that ingredient by ingredient, it was important. But maybe I just need a little bit less next time. You've just given us the mo- the ending movie monologue of our dreams. Yeah. Thank you for really putting a bow on that for me. Yeah. And I think that's it. That, and I think that's it. I think that's yeah. it. That's the sweetest thing. I would say this too. If you haven't seen it, like I was in the position of 24 hours ago, I would for sure recommend watching it. But I would also take stock of who's in the room. <laughs> if there are children, Agreed. get them out. If get you're out. if you're adults, if there are parents or any sort of extended family, eh, get them out. Um, yeah. If you share a wall with your neighbors, think about lowering the TV. So different <laughs> considerations that I would recommend, but... I would, yeah, I would watch I, this with friends too. I think it's really fun with a crew. Yeah, it's it would be better. It's it's definitely better in a group. And I think that if you like 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 us are are fans of Cameron, you'll 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 love it because mm-hmm. she's turning in the comedic performance that we know and love. It's funny and like it's a good reminder that Christina Applegate is a star, and it's a great reminder mm-hmm. that Selma Blair is a star. So for all those reasons, like indulge your sweet tooth yeah i mean i know i've i'm i'm not a fan of this movie i think it's a pretty bad movie but yeah no i'm i'm i can be honest on here we're all friends we're all friends guys but i do think this is one of the ones worth the watch it is so fun and funny hour and a half yeah and it's just like it's wow it just wow is all i have to say like watch this with a group of friends Live, laugh, love out loud. Get yourself, get your Jane and your Christina Applegate together. Get your two best girlies and watch this movie. Yeah. It is a wild fucking ride. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think we did a great job rewriting parts of this. I think we fixed it for the... I think we fixed it. Yeah, for an even sweeter thing, the sequel... I think that there could be actually how about this I think that I would like to see a sequel called an even sweeter thing starring these three ladies again bring them back getting into even more hijinks yeah I'll I'll take these three again oh for sure no problem put them in a different situation sure I'm there I want to say that I thought that this movie would be career ending for whomever this director was (laughs) and it wasn't so in case you guys were worried um this is the director of cool intentions and he has a long, long career after this. 
I so, love Cruel Intentions. <laughs> yeah, he does Cruel Intentions 1 and 2, which probably is um, why he brings back Selma. Mm-hmm. And he does Just Friends. So, you know, this movie hurt no one, okay? It didn't stick to anyone. Sounds like it hurts you. It hurt. It only hurt me okay. watching it. Yeah. I just wish it was a road trip movie. That's, I wish this was Crossroads. <laughs> that's okay. It is okay. It's fine. Oh, all right. I think that's it. I don't have anything extra to say. Do you? No. I think I think we're satiated. Yeah, I feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would love a dessert after this. I'm full, and I <laughs> <laughs> need to check my blood sugar <laughs> because I've, I've had too much. I'm full. I'm full. <laughs> but. Yeah. All right. Well. I think we did it. Thank you Steven. to all the stargazers out there. <laughs> yeah, thank you to all the stargazers. Don't forget to rate and um Re- yeah, rate rate and review, please. That's it. This that's, podcast. That's the That's what I meant to say. What, I just like completely went off. I was it's like, okay. Don't it's to okay. It's a two-step process. So, I rate. understand the first the first one rolls off the tongue easy. It's that second yeah, step. Yeah, I said rate and then I was like, what's the one where you write? <laughs> review <laughs> anyway thank you everyone yes. thank you to our three la- leading ladies yeah thank you cameron for another um trip um we love 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 watching you and we'll probably do more and uh, christina applegate mm, beautiful job and uh thanks selma for being there <laughs> <laughs> thanks selma thanks selma <laughs> all right bye steven bye everyone Bye.